0: You're listening to Ed Curation, the podcast where teachers talk curriculum. We make it easier for educators to find the resources they need to create fresh, lively, and authentic learning. So I'm so excited to speak to Stefan Graham today, a colleague of mine from Arupe Jesuit High School, which is a really magical place. And Stefan is here to talk about some curriculum that he uses for high school chemistry. Thanks for being on the show, Stefan. You bet. Talk to our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you teach. Tell them a little bit about Arupe, how long you've been teaching.
1: Sure. So my name is Stefan Graham. I've been working at Arupe Jesuit since we opened in 2003. I teach physics and chemistry, junior and senior level subjects. And I wasn't always a teacher. I was an engineer before I became a teacher. I was an engineer for five years. Have my engineering degree and decided after five years of being an engineer that I wanted to use my skills in math and science to teach kids about math and science.
0: Was that a good decision for you? What do you tell us what you like about teaching?
1: Yeah, I think what I like about teaching is that science is just something that even if you're not going to major in it, I think science is one of those things where being science literate is very important, especially as We vote on issues that have to do with science, whether it's climate issues or stem cell issues or whatever. So I think it's more for kids to be science literate. I also think that science gets a pretty unfair reputation as being boring or too hard. And so being able to make science come to life for the kids has been something that I really enjoy doing so that we're not just reading or writing about science, but we're doing the science. We're doing a lot of lab work.
0: Yes. I remember that about your classroom. And so you have a resource that you use to help students actually do the science, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So several years ago, I went to a chemical education conference and learned about modeling and the idea behind modeling is that students are able to connect what they see at the macroscopic level with what they might think is happening at the microscopic level. So there's a lot of drawing involved. A lot of ways for kids to make sense of what they see through drawings and models. And what's neat about these models is that they make these models based on what they see, based on evidence. And so these models are like the claims of sorts. Yeah, it's it's a, a pretty positive experience. I think the kids are much more likely to buy into something if they themselves can make sense of
0: it. It's the American Modeling Teachers Association Particle Modeling Curriculum, correct? Right. And so the students do the drawings or you provide them drawings that they interpret?
1: The students make the drawings. For example, say that we do an experiment where we crush a soda can at atmospheric pressure. So then the kids have to understand a little bit about air pressure. Differences in air pressure inside and outside the can, and then they draw models based on what they see. So they might show, for example, air particles both on the inside and the outside of the can, but maybe there's fewer air particles inside the can. And maybe those air particles inside the can have condensed because I've done something to the can. I've, maybe I've, I've put the can in cold water or something. And so then we take those models, we modify them based on what they see. So maybe the first time through, their models are very simplistic and maybe not very accurate, but then through more experimentation and through more evidence, they can then modify their models, update their models, revise their models to fit the evidence.
0: That's really cool. So they're essential. I mean, I remember doing experiments in science classes that, you know, had things blowing up and things, and that's always, you know, the initial things that gets kids' attention. But what you're talking about is that they're explaining their learning, probably through words as well, but also through these illustrations, right? So it's multiple modalities for how they can kind of interpret and make sense of what they just saw. Because when I was in school, it was just do the explosion and then that's it. I mean, that's all I remember, right? But you're taking it a step further.
1: We think it's really important that the kids make sense of any scientific phenomenon, whether it occurs in chemistry or physics. And so, that's sort of what I'm trying to move into is to use modeling in other subject areas like mm-hmm. physics. I don't teach biology, but I think that would be a very that'd be an interesting professional development opportunity for for the biology teachers at the school.
0: So, how did you teach about these air particles before you had this modeling curriculum?
1: Sure. I think in the past I did the explaining. Now it's kids are coming up with the explanations themselves. They're making sense of it themselves. And I'm sort of this go-between where I say, well, does does your model fit the evidence? That's a huge piece of how things have changed is kids own their learning Uh more so than they used to. So it's not about memorization or definitions. It's more about the kids really being thoughtful learners.
0: Wow, that's so exciting. Do you see the little light bulbs come on in their heads? I, I can imagine that oh, they
1: yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. get
0: it at certain points in that whole process.
1: Sure. And what's really cool is that this particle modeling approach is very fundamental. So, so we might start with particles, right? And maybe we separate the particles so that it looks like a gas or we bring them closer together so they look like liquids, liquids or solids. And from there, we can then okay add some more dimensionality to our models yeah. based on just the fundamentals. So mm-hmm. we start with something pretty basic and then we can then make it a little bit more complex each time.
0: So you mentioned that before you had this curriculum that you would have explained, the, you would have done a lot of talking and you would have explained the science phenomenon that happened. But now with the particle modeling curriculum, the students are owning their learning and they are doing the explaining. Through illustrations, through words, I'm sure.
1: Well, I think it's helped me understand these processes, these principles better than I used to. I too am, I think, a pre-visual learner, and so when I can make sense of of things that maybe aren't so easily explained, then I can then do a better job guiding students to better models, to revising models.
0: And do you think using this curriculum has made you a better teacher?
1: Absolutely. I think I'm more empathetic where kids are. When I see their models, I can see right away, Wow, you know, obviously this particular student may not know the difference between a liquid and a solid based on the kind of drawings I see, for example. So, So not only do I get a quick assessment, this formative assessment piece, but then I can be a little more empathetic as to where these kids are. And I can get a pretty good read of individual kids pretty quickly based on the kind of models they show. What we also do is I'll have kids take whiteboards. They'll share their models and then in groups, they'll agree on a model that they want to share out with the class as to why something did something in this chemical demonstration. And it's really cool because then everyone gets to share out. These models, there's usually no one group that has it all correct, but everyone has something that's correct, mm-hmm. and so I can pull, I can pick at that particular piece and say, wow, that's really interesting. Why did you think that?" And so a lot of times by the end of class, we can take pieces and parts of models and put them all into one one model.
0: Stefan, I love that. That's so exciting. It, it makes me think about an alternative method of formative assessment because. In the old way, I mean, I was so guilty of this. I'd ask students what they think or what they're understanding. And you could get a little bit from students when you ask them to explain, right? I would imagine you're getting so much more by seeing their approximations, right? Like seeing them try out something and there's no shame and every, you know, it's not a right and a wrong answer. Everybody is approximating and doing their best to kind of make sense of the science that they've been studying. and And I love that the whole group is collaboratively coming together and figuring it out. That's so powerful. How exciting.
1: Yeah. I love it. It's it's really made a difference in my teaching and the way that I view my role as a teacher. Say more about that. The kids know that I will not give them answers. It frustrates them sometimes, mm-hmm. but I think as they get used to my style or the way that I want them to own, they're a little more relaxed about it. They're okay making mistakes but that eventually we'll all come to some agreements on what's correct.
0: And so you said at first, maybe they don't like it because they're probably used to asking the teacher the question, the teacher gives them the answer. And now they have to kind of wrestle and stumble in their not knowing and feel frustrated at times. But do you see that arc of them like kind of getting the value over the course of the year, I would imagine? Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that? At what, sure. At point when students start to understand why you're teaching this way and how this is helping them learn?
1: Right. Yeah. So this isn't some sort of extrinsic reward. I'm not Mm going to give them. I I think they're more likely to, to enjoy the intrinsic reward of knowing how to think for themselves and being able to take these skills into their other classes in the future than they are about, well, how do I get the A? Show me what I need to learn, what, what I need to memorize for you to get an A. So mm-hmm. they're le- less likely to do that and more likely to, to feel good about and own their own learning. It's so exciting.
0: So can you share any particular stories or successes that one or more students achieved using this modeling approach?
1: Sure. So I guess in the past, I've always told kids that certain elements on the periodic table will always have a certain charge. Like The first column will always be the plus ones, the second column plus twos. And then I try to approach it by using atomic models. And and then I went to a particle model where we use what are called energy well diagrams. And these really help students to see the number of electrons or particles on any given level of this energy well and how some of these electrons are easy to remove while some are hard to remove then they can visually see the number of electrons that can be easily removed, which then can tell us the charge. So it's those sort of things that the kids understanding and say, oh, that's why these particular elements have only this type of charge as ions. And so they don't just like buy into something I tell them. They can see based on the data, then they can model that elements have certain charges.
0: And I bet they remember it for a lot longer with that approach. And they make sense of the whole versus just the column.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Especially because then these energy well models for individual elements can be put together to make compounds and then students can see, oh, now I understand not only that the charges of these elements, but I can also see the ratio of a metal with a non-metal to make a compound. Like I said earlier, a lot of this is very fundamental and it just builds on itself so that the kids are constantly spiraling through very similar ideas, and so are more likely to remember it.
0: So the students that have you for chemistry and physics will kind of learn from this approach and using this curriculum. Who else do you think should check out the American Modeling Teachers Association curriculum resources that you've benefited from?
1: I think any science teacher, any discipline in the science field would learn a lot.
0: So I, I take it that the American Modeling Teachers Association offers resources in all the scientific disciplines. Is that right? Right. And so if you are a science teacher and you want to check this out, you have to go to a conference. Can you buy something online? How do people go to learn about this and, and get out? Yeah.
1: yeah, I would go to the AMTA website, American Modellers Teachers Association. They offer classes. In fact, I've taken several of there. I've taken both online and in-person classes just to better understand the different ways that modeling can be used in a host of topics.
0: And then do they also <laughs> provide resources that you then use through the classes or do you come up with the resources on your own after kind of learning the methodology?
1: I right know they have a curriculum that's used. I think what's been pretty powerful is that I don't use their curriculum completely. Mm -hmm. I pick and choose pieces that really resonate with my curriculum. There's some flexibility there. I mean, if you already have something developed, I'd be reluctant to just throw everything out for something new. Mm -hmm. So what I've done is I've been able to sort of make a hybrid of my curriculum based on a lot of the the materials from, from the modeling association.
0: Excellent. That sounds like a resource that can provide a lot of support to both new and veteran teachers alike. So, is there anything you'd like to say to the designer or developer of the particle modeling curriculum?
1: I'm just really happy that I went into this particular talk, (laughs) this session at this chemistry conference, because otherwise I wouldn't have known that something as powerful as modeling exists. I don't know that a lot of people, a lot of teachers use it. I would say maybe a quarter. 25% of science teachers might use modeling. And I think we just need to get the word out that this is a really powerful tool for kids to make sense of science.
0: Now that you're incorporating modeling into your curriculum, kind of your scope and sequence, is there another either topic area or content area or something that you're looking for resources for? Is there another curriculum that you're, you're wanting to find? that would help enrich your chemistry or
1: physics classroom? I think what's been really great is that physics and chemistry and biology, they're all sort of interconnected anyway. And so the more I can learn about the different modeling approaches in the different science disciplines, the stronger and deeper my content is. For example, I do a lab on biofuels, biodiesel, where we make biodiesel with things like oils and fats and alcohols. And so, I'm learning a lot about the biology of biomass and carbohydrates and lipids and all that stuff. learned a lot about organic chemistry to understand how these reactions occur. And so, anytime that I can erase those boundaries between the subject areas or between the disciplines in science, it just makes me a a better teacher.
0: Yeah, there's a word that they're using for that and it's escaping me right now, but they're using a lot in math too, right? Where there's, it's kind of cross-disciplinary, but among the same discipline. That's exciting. And so are your fellow biology teachers looking at their curriculum from the same approach as bringing chemistry and physics and kind of having this comprehensive presentation of the sciences to the students?
1: To some extent, I think to some extent. I don't think there is as much buy-in as I have. And maybe that just has to do with years of experience and wanting to sort of branch out and push boundaries a little bit.
0: Well, is there anything else you'd like to say about modeling curriculum to any of our listeners, to any of the science teachers out there, anything that we haven't talked about yet?
1: I would just say if and when you go to some sort of conference, whether it's NSTA, the National Science Teachers Association or conferences with the American Association of Physics Teachers or American Chemical Society, any of these conferences, look for modeling workshops or talks that are being given and just listen in and just see if that's something that interests you. It took me probably about a year after the initial, the first point of contact that I made with modeling to really buy into it and to be like, okay, I want to take this plunge. But it's been, like I said, just a really positive part of the mind evolving curriculum.
0: Are you presenting at any of these conferences coming up?
1: I do. A lot of the conferences that I do go to, I haven't presented on modeling as much as I've presented on strategies in making sense of of reading and writing in the science classroom just because that's something that I've been pretty passionate about. I work at a school that is primarily Latino, where maybe kids' reading and writing skills might be below grade level. And so I look. At ways to find strategies to make sense of reading comprehension, which is like, yeah, something a little different from this modeling thing. But those are sort of things I've concentrated on at workshops.
0: Well, something that I would imagine, based on what I know about teaching writing, is that as students are developing these models, if they are then writing about the models that they're creating, it's going to be so much richer than if they just jump from the experiment to the writing of explanation, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, in fact, their lab write-ups. Everything we do in class is lab-based, and they have to write all that up. And so a lot of the the lab does include the pictures, the drawings, the models that then they can use to help them write about these experiences.
0: That's great. That's really 21st century learning, too. I mean, in everything that people do in the workplace, right, it's images with text. I mean, that's how we present information. We make sense of information. So you're getting all of those good things in there. Well, thank you, Stefan, for coming on the show and talking about your amazing work at Arupe Jesuit High School for so the students there with the modeling curriculum in chemistry and physics. We sure appreciate it.
1: Oh, you're welcome, to
0: Thank you for listening to Ed Curation. We hope you learned something today about a curriculum resource that produces fresh, lively and authentic learning. Check out EdCuration.com to find out more. That's E-D-C-U-R-A-T-I-O-N.com.